0: Welcome to the Creating Ripples podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Zonner. I believe in the power of sharing our experiences and knowledge with others, and when we do, we are creating ripples of impact around us. Each week, get ready for intimate personal shares, honest, relatable conversations, aha moments, and so much more. This space was designed to create empowerment, inspiration, community, and provide guidance to elevate those around us. I am so excited to have you here. Get ready and let's start creating ripples. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Creating Ripples podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Zahner, and I am... So happy that you are back here joining me for another episode of Creating Ripples. Today's guest, I had the opportunity to get connected with with a, through a previous guest that had been on um, a few months ago, and I'm so excited to have her here to share her story. So Nadia Bolis, welcome to the podcast today. I'm so glad that you are here. Well, thank you so much. It's good to be here. So Nadia, we got connected, um, through a mutual friend and I would love for you to share your journey to what led you to this experience and to where you're at in your life today.
1: Yeah. It's actually kind of interesting with, uh, kind of the point to where I was, to how I got connected, uh, with this person and then to you. So that kind of all ties in together pretty well. Um, Well, I guess uh, the starting point uh, really goes back down to uh, about, I can't, I'm I'm out of timelines, but about four years ago now, um, I had a head concussion, um, a very mundane occurrence of it. I was walking out of the house, uh, carrying, you know, uh, going to church with the Bibles and coffee, and it had been raining that. Uh, night and so when I slipped I hit the back of uh you know where the nape of my head against the back of the stairs and all I was thinking about was like oh please uh don't have my brother see this so they can tease me for being clumsy again (laughs) and I didn't think anything of it I was fine uh I I'm, I'm clumsy like I said and so it wasn't a new occurrence with that so went to church like normal um and then it wasn't until after service when I kind of got up, all of a sudden the world was like flipped and I, I couldn't walk straight, things uh, uh, were moving the way they shouldn't. And so I told my mom about it and she took me to the ER. They checked and I was like, yeah, it looks like you have a concussion that looks light enough. Um, you should recover in uh, two weeks or so. Um, but that didn't quite happen. It ended up being, uh, I was... I couldn't walk on my own for a month and I was very, I became very sensitive to light, to sound. And so I was bedridden for about a month in a dark room, like the old ages. And, um, and then slowly, I couldn't go back to my old jobs. I had two part-time jobs uh, between nanny and working at a boutique. Um, so I was a bit stressed out about that. How was I going to, get back into the role of things. Um, and so every time I kind of tried going back to work, uh, I, I had a few fainting spells, which again ended up in ER visits. And so that just wasn't working. And I had a very uh, low tolerance for noise. And so uh, church services, social gatherings, I became basically a hermit for at least a year. For the most part, and uh, I remember trying one time going to a Christmas party, and we were thinking, "Oh, that'll be fair enough. I'll go into a quiet corner." And you no, know, I ended up crying and bawling. The noise, uh, you know, just kids laughing and uh, having a fun time, and I couldn't tolerate it. And I ran outside and I was crying. So that's when we figured I'd have to stay home for a couple months. Yet, so it it ended up being more extreme than the doctors anticipated um and so that would kind of catalyst into a lot of downtime to do a lot of self-evaluation and uh what coincided with that was um a huge depressive um disorder and uh, my anxiety jumped through the roof where I kind of always had it but it was always manageable and then now I was like I became someone I didn't really recognize it was uh I felt really defeated uh, in many ways. I, From the concussion, I lost the ability to work, to function, uh, to do a lot of the things. I was kind of entering into adulthood and trying to be the responsible young adult. I'm the oldest in the family, so I always kind of tried to keep a practical mindset about what I was supposed to do and supposed to be achieving, and now I wasn't. And so there was that, along with some emotional and relationship uh, difficulties that led me, uh, into a depressive, uh, order. And then I, uh, got an eating disorder as a result of that, that kind of just cycled in where I kind of, I realized I wasn't eating for a few days that kind of dawned on me. I was like, wait, when did I last eat? And, and I lost uh severe weight and had to go to a doctor for that or to a neurologist. Um, and then went into therapy, uh, for the emotional and mental stuff. And uh, just in that short span, it seemed like my life kind of crashed on me. And, and and I was scared and I was and now kind of evaluating myself that um, in a lot of ways. Uh, I, I, now I'm very grateful to it because it got me to a better place where I didn't realize I was carrying a lot of baggage you know, since childhood, all these years, and it came to this point uh, now that I had to evaluate it and see how it had manifested at this kind of catalyst uh, point in my life um, to address that. And so kind of from there, uh, finally, was a healing process on many different fronts between healing my body from the eating disorder, healing some traumas some emotional scars some uh, misconceptions of self through the therapy and then evaluating my life trajectory which uh, again like I said I kind of grew up and suppressed old ideas of what I wanted to be what I was going to do and I had a very very practical mindset toward life and I was like okay I need to uh, get a job. I was hoping I would kind of marry early and I really wanted family and that was a very big focus uh, going into it. So I was like, well, I guess I'm not going to go to college, not focus so much on those uh, things and just kind of work. Um, jobs that I can enjoy, but that I don't want um, hopefully won't be long-term things and I just very practical, low stakes mindset and I gave up on old um, dreams I had as a kid and as a kid I told everyone I was going to be an author or I was going to be a painter or at some points I wanted to be an actress and uh and uh, decided as an adult you can't have those and so I kind of reevaluated them and since I was stuck home for so long um I was like well I can't work I always kind of my mom used to have a lot of uh at-home businesses and so she was inspiring in that um that was a possibility and I was like I wonder if I can do that and so I kind of uh got back into drawing and uh, taught myself painting watercolor really quickly in order to try to do some uh stationary cards and maybe journals to sell on Etsy and uh, my therapist encouraged that, that it was kind of a healing and outlet and it turned into more so than I really realized that uh, would be um, kind of both uh, for kind of reworking my mindset life goal wise, but also just uh, a way of expressing feelings. I don't tell many people uh, my feelings and I learned uh, just not to do that and I just closed off and so that was an outlet for me. Uh, to again rediscover a lot of it was rediscovering myself and from there uh, I also had a I'm kind of I really jumped back into my creative side I was uh, I do crochet and knitting as well so I made uh, Celtic gloves and these cute little strawberry bags and I had two shops going on Etsy at the same time and so kind of between the two uh, trying to work that financial aspect as well as uh, it was something I was really really enjoying uh, building up and learning for myself and then through kind of encouragement of uh, from a friend about kind of well, where do I want to go from here and uh, talking with family um, I kept revisiting old dreams I had as a kid and picture books was always one I had um I used to do them as a kid, I, they were basically rip-offs of movies rather than books, but I, I got myself pieces of paper, I wrote out a story that was usually kind of like a sequel to a movie or something, and then did my drawings and then used yarn to tie them together and tried to sell them to my mom's friends. Um, so it was really, it took me a long time to just think about that, mull that over as well. and. and reconnect with my child self, really. And uh, since I I found myself being so unhappy with where I was in life, where I was mentally, emotionally, I felt kind of like I got worked back down to the ground. I felt so broken. But what came out of that was I rebuilt myself kind of piece by piece, and a lot of it by drawing on a younger me who didn't have her life broken down and I was able to kind of build off of her again. And so kind of read a finding um, kind of my baby self in a way, and I like to frame it that way in my head that I can be a child again. And so all these books and all these projects have gone on in just one year. And uh, through the experience, through the learning of that, uh, I've reached a point where I'm ready now to start. I'm working on my own stories, my own books, and fixing them up and I want to put them out for next year and this is a point in my life I didn't think I was going to reach I thought I had to give up on that because that was I thought very little of my capabilities um I considered people told I I drew a lot and my grandmother was artistically inclined and we all drew in my family so it wasn't something too special and my skills and my uh discipline was Less than that of my brothers, so I consider myself a, an untalented person. I I am a hardworking person, uh, for sure, but I thought I don't have talent. Um, and I've reworked my idea of talent as well in my mind, in that I don't put much emphasis or even stock into it so much as passion. I think passion can uh, ca- catalyst you far further then talent just in and of itself um so i'm finally at this point where uh still struggling with some things depression's still kind of hanging around but it's kind of almost like a friend at this point or maybe a frenemy uh who kind of hangs out comes in and chills for a week and i'll be really down uh but then pulls off for a while and then uh um but i'm able to coast through it and life's pretty okay and pretty good and uh, uh, and then, and again, with the kind of things that came from the head concussion, have also receded to a more tolerant, uh, tolerable level that I can be in crowds now. I can uh, still some sensitivity to it, and still working on that. But it's slowly the brain has healed itself, and it has created new pathways. And I guess the last note off of that was due to learning more about mental health. I have grown uh a lot of appreciation for that and psychology and i have again i thought i wasn't going to go to college and here i am now in my first year of uh college uh, working toward a psychology degree
0: that's amazing so
1: that's kind of where i've ended up
0: i have a lot of questions for you one, all right <laughs> one being um you know, when you experienced your concussion and kind of having like this revelation of like, am I going to be able to do the things that I'm dreamed about doing? And then feeling like you had to flip into this mindset of like practicality over like following your dreams and passions. How did you navigate moving through that? Because I think A lot of people feel like that we have to let go of our dreams, we have to let go of our passions, because we feel like we have to do the shoulds of life like I should have this job or I should do this x y and z and for you it sounds like that was something that you also were navigating, as you were going through you know feeling like okay I can't work. And here's the things that I want to achieve. Maybe I have to let go of X, Y, and Z. Um, But being able to kind of like full circle, come back to your passions. How did you move through that experience um, of kind of realizing like, wait, I don't have to be so practical and I can shift back into things that light me up and excite me.
1: Yes. And in my case, it like I said, I kind of worked that I broke myself down where I felt like I was. On the floor again, and had to rebuild uh, and restructure myself, kind of as a human being. And so, I hope most people don't have to go that drastic with it. Um, but I think what I kind of took out of it was um, I needed a lot of self-evaluation and had to keep coming back to because um, I was on autopilot. I realized, and I didn't realize I was. And then because I was stuck and I couldn't be go go, and I I was such a multitasker, always trying to be efficient, always trying to um, be productive uh, with myself, and when I had to stop, I had to slow down, and I had to just kind of sit there and heal. And I'm just sitting in this house, and I'm stuck here. It, it provided a lot of that uh, space to reflect on myself, and I was like, "Am I really happy with this? Uh, is uh, this isn't like I'm I'm content with it? I was fine with it, and that's I." thought that's good enough that's good enough and it can be um but I think more if that's the best you can get and I could do a lot better and uh it took baby steps it took baby steps one was well I can't work um so I'm going to work from home and what could I do from home I could and we were talking about me doing uh kind of editorial jobs or things like that which again would have been fine, I would have been content with it, but that would not have been fulfilling whatsoever. Um, And so I found a nice meeting point where I was like, well, I'm gonna try to use my creative skills that I had been developing over the years as a hobby, but I was like, but I can't take it to the next level. And my mom was very encouraging with that and uh, provided a space for me to work on that and build that up and put all my inventory uh, into the house. Um, but it really was a working on my mindset and seeing how stagnant of uh, my human growth I had become, that I was stuck in this grind. I was kind of like, you know, you have these older people from older generations where that was, you know, from the Great Depression or, you know, just... Um, or even afterwards with recession or people who learned that uh, you have to just like keep at it and work hard. And that was what was going to get you through. And then they get stuck in that in their older years and that that's the mindset. And in their case, that's very understandable. But I think I put myself there way too early uh, without trying to expand, trying to grow. I was very stagnant. And so um, I fear stagnation now. I was like, I can't have that because it becomes, um, without me realizing what it was doing to me, it was really draining me. It was draining me emotionally, mentally. And I, I didn't think about it. And then when I had to sit and then I realized I feel eaten up inside. And so maybe giving yourself enough space and enough quiet, limited distractions. Cause again, I didn't have distractions. I couldn't watch TV. I couldn't listen to music. I couldn't do anything with much stimulus. And so that put me in a space that I could do that evaluation of myself.
0: If somebody listening is feeling as though maybe they are kind of on just like this hamster wheel of like constantly getting on and not really sure how to get off, whether maybe they can't leave their full-time job, but there are passions and things that excite them that they're interested in pursuing, what would you say to them to kind of encourage them to tap back into those passions i know you started talking about it here of just like getting quiet and like stop finding like that external stimulus and kind of looking within it. but what um like words of wisdom would you give to them if they're like i'm trying to figure out you know i have these passions i have these things that excite me uh, i'm not ready to leave my job or maybe you know they're planning to stay in their job but they want to feel more fulfilled on the side like what would you
1: say to them Yes, and that's definitely something very real in, you know, our culture, especially in the U.S., that's so go-go and uh, work and uh, commitments take up so much of our time. Um, And I've started to realize, despite that, and even when you are are in that hamster wheel, um, you can develop an awareness and kind of actually evaluate those time slots, those things that are taking up your time. There are ways to cut down on it. So again, like your job is kind of a commitment there. I don't know if, if you would want to like maybe work a part time on that and then try to build up something or if it's something you want to stick with your job, um, but cut on the time slots for these other things that you keep saying yes to. And when you say yes to them, you're saying no to those things that uh, you're longing for that. Um, you could be doing that you could be uh, creating and maybe you're saying yes to stagnation like I did and saying no to uh, personal growth and so I would really evaluate um, encourage people to evaluate um, the purpose of the commitments uh, I see a lot of uh, young people running around uh, with all these kind of school activities these social gatherings and I find the actual purpose of what those things were meant to be because there's so many of them because they're so uh, gung ho and um, fast paced. And, you know, like we have these Christmas parties back to one after another, after another, there's one for the class, there's one for your basketball team, there's one um, for your band. And then there's, there are the family ones. I was like, actually now Christmas parties aren't special. And the purpose of them to give actually peace And uh, time for family is lost because there is so much kind of chaoticness in it. But when you're running with it, you lose sight of that. And so just kind of in general aspects of life, uh, just evaluate the purpose of things. Is this thing actually valuable uh, and is it fulfilling a purpose or are you doing it kind just because? And that will usually open up so much of your time and give you so much peace and that quiet to one, do the evaluation of yourself and reevaluate, well, where am I with my job? Um, Do I want to keep progressing in this job? Do I want to shift into a more creative or fulfilling um, kind of field or uh, what is it? But if you kind of can cut down on those, aspects it is possible even for the people who have just a very busy schedule to reevaluate that because I was so busy. I was so so busy before my head concussion. I basically I had my two job shifts were kind of back. They were part-time but they were backed up kind of one to another and took up my whole day and then I was so tired when I came home there wasn't kind of time. Okay, now I can do a little creative process i backed that up and then i felt i owed so much time to my family and give them family time and talking time and i'm an introvert so that's very draining and i didn't communicate it well to structure a system with my family of what would best benefit us both that i wouldn't get so drained but i can still enjoy them and they can still have some time with me so everything is to kind of evaluate um where is its purpose and is it helping you or actually pulling you down. There's a lot of that when you say yes to something that automatically means you're saying no to something else mm. and so look for that.
0: I love that. I think that's such an important thing to remind ourselves that in this book, Quit Like a Woman, it's one of my favorite books. She says, I mean, what you're talking about is essentially setting boundaries for yourself and protecting your yeah. energy and protecting yourself. And the way she explains it is when you're saying yes to someone else, you're saying no to yourself which is exactly what you're talking about. And um, for you, when you were like forced into slowing down out of your busy lifestyle, what did you learn in that life lesson?
1: Like I said, I really feel like I've been reshaped and I've been reworking myself. Uh, if I were to have one takeaway from it, it's that, it's that point about self-awareness and, or awareness in general. I noticed there are different types of awarenesses with people. There's kind of awareness of your environment, or is there awareness of uh, your energy levels? Is there awareness of the, the mood in the room? Are you good with uh, telling, uh, being aware of people? So developing awareness seems very critical to good decision-making and a pr- productive and healthy decision-making. So uh, gaining awareness of self or about uh, society or the culture. um, When you develop that, you are able to then evaluate things and then make decisions from there. Because if you kind of just keep going with the flow, it's like, it's kind of a mob mentality that you just keep going with everyone or even almost a brainwashing that you're kind of doing things. You think, I thought I was, you know, making... Decisions, but I was mostly kind of just going with it. Um, I
0: think that's a really
1: good. Go ahead. Mm -hmm, ahead. I was just going to say if we do that uh, so often and and that can be okay. And, you know, it's hard to be vigilant of your mindset all the time. But again, giving some space for some evaluation, like keep checking in with yourself, like every, I don't know, one to two months, I would uh, say, okay, let's have a little self meeting about where we're at. Uh, is really helpful and productive.
0: Well, I think too, what you're talking about is the importance of like stepping back and the perspective that you gain when you slow down. Sometimes when we're so in it, we don't even realize we're just Mm -hmm. kind of doing and we're not actually processing or thinking or reflecting. And so when we are slowing down, whether like for you, it was kind of something that you were forced into, but it gave you this new perspective and an opportunity to evaluate where you were headed in your life and to shift gears now into doing something that really lights you up, which is focusing in on your art. And when you were talking about um, through your art, it's allowed you to express your feelings, but it's also helped you to like rework your mindset. What do you mean by that?
1: Uh, when I'm being creative and uh, I'm kind of, I pull away, uh, you know, to my space and I'm, uh, I kind of, it's a, it's a relationship with your mind and your imagination. So there is kind of a lot of uh, almost dialogue going on with yourself. Uh, and at least my objective when um, I'm doing my art is I don't like it to get boring uh, I kind of noticed that, and some artists are very comfortable of kind of doing a similar thing all the time. Their Instagram is just, you know, uh, pretty girls all the way down and like, yes, skill is great and everything, but there's nothing new or interesting about it. So I like always challenging myself, what's going to be interesting about this sketch or this little doodle session or this painting. And so uh, it, for me, at least, with that creative uh, relationship with myself, um, uh it gets me thinking and gets me uh thinking of new ideas or different perspectives or how can I convey this or or actually often through the dialogue of trying to I was doing like an introvert series it wasn't meant to be initially I was just doing uh, I did kind of a it's in between kind of a painting and a comic almost I gave it a little bit of dialogue or inner thought with this little character and I posted it on Facebook and then people were like oh it's a little introvert I was like wasn't necessarily about introvertism but yeah it does apply and I forget what the first one was um oh I think it, it was about uh um it was more about uh it's okay to say no uh two things it, it, she was a little girl was on a cozy couch with a cat and kitten on her little laptop and gets a message from her friend saying hey do you want to go she's like uh, no, thanks, but I have things to do. What do you have to do? Um, the friend asks, and kind of she puts the phone down and cuddles up the cat, it's like to take care of myself. It was along those lines. And I realized how important, and I formulated that through work of the art that I was like um, in how to express is that I had a vague idea that I was trying to express and then it came into that, that that no is a valid no and people think they need a really valid reason. Then I'm like, oh, I can't come because I'm sick. I physically cannot come uh, to the gathering to uh, to be part of something. And again, you can. It's a yes to something that might be a good cause or a good thing, but it mean like you said, it means saying no to yourself. And if this is the day you maybe set aside that um, is for you, this is my day to recharge. This is my day to catch up on some things, and then someone pops up something I was like oh I kind of feel obligated like I should say yes I was like no no you actually have a valid reason to say no and so some things like that with the art uh, let me navigate some thought processes and figure some things out and and they can change and they will uh, develop into different ideas probably later on um and and at that time in place I was focused on those aspects was like I learned for myself. You can say no, and uh, and it's not selfish. Um, and being the big sister, responsible uh, person, I always grew up to be. I had to rework my mind to realize that, and then I kind of shared that through uh, the art, and a lot of people resonated with it, especially the introvert, because we that that is kind of a reason often for us. Someone might be like oh, yes, that would be good for me because maybe that means I'll recharge. Maybe that means I'll get fulfillment from that. But often the introverts are the ones that might say, no, because I need some need time. So uh, it was very nice to see some people connected to that idea.
0: I love that. And I think there's something to be said about recognizing how when we are able to express ourselves in different ways than maybe we think about, what doors and avenues that's going to open up for us and how it will allow us to reconnect with ourself. I think we hear a lot of people and myself included, I love journaling, um, but I think there's a power to recognize there are different art forms that allow for reflection that maybe might oh, be definitely. a little less traveled. And so I think also like taking away the pressure out of utilizing art as a form of reflection and as an opportunity to connect with yourself. And Mm -hmm. what tips would you give to somebody that's kind of interested maybe in tapping into art as a way to reflect and reconnect to themselves but they're a little bit nervous or it can feel like it has to be perfect but it really doesn't when we're using it as a form of expression when we're using it as a way to connect with ourselves there shouldn't be this pressure but for whatever reason there is almost this external pressure or a pressure that we put internally on ourselves
1: very very good point and that's especially uh something creatives of kind of any kind feel, especially nowadays with, uh, you know, you have Instagram, you have Pinterest and all these very pretty presentations of what uh, artists are doing or supposed to do or supposed to be. And like, oh, they have all these pretty pictures and you think their sketchbook is full of that. And that's definitely not the case, Um, but especially for young creatives and artists today. really kind of give i would suggest when you start because usually when you're starting you're warming up that's your worst point and so when you expect that this has to be perfect on my first uh, stroke it's just not going to be um very rarely anyway unless you turn out like actually it's wonky but i like it um but it's not intentional um because you have to give yourself that warm-up and so usually when you start out Like, okay, I kind of have these 30 minutes, give that 10 minutes in particular, just time to loosen up the muscles, loosen up your mind, loosen everything up. Um, And I like to do it. uh, It's gotten a little harder now because I have so many uh, book projects and illustration projects that now have deadlines and they do have to turn out okay. Um, But that kind of gives even more purpose to, when you're going into art, or going into just uh, doing, you're going to do some painting, you're going to do do it not with the the intention of sharing. It's not going to be for Instagram. It's not going to be uh, to go show your friends per se. And again, that is your boundary. That is your right to have that creative, messy, wonderfully chaotic. And uh, it's, uh, oh, who was it? I really take it a lot from the Writer's Way uh, book. In the, the way they do the morning pages. Uh, and I tried that for a while, but um, I find I kind of transitioned it into. And if, for those who don't know, the right morning pages um, are you do three pages uh, to kind of spew out all your thoughts first thing in the morning to kind of get it out, get it out of your system. Excuse me. Um, And it can be whatever, it doesn't have to be anything profound. Some people end up kind of making out stories or poems or whatever's in their head, but it's kind of just for you to get some thoughts out of your head in the morning and that translates into, it's either out of your system for the day or maybe it gets you thinking about something for the day. And it was just very healthy and promotes um, connecting with yourself. It's a very good way to start connecting with yourself first thing in the morning. Um, I ceased to do that, um, but I translated it more into art that when I kind of start, I was like, this is going to be kind of whatever, whatever I'm feeling, I'm going to find kind of a pretty reference on Pinterest. I'm going to kind of take some stuff from that, but this is just to spew out whatever vibe I'm in. Am I in a cozy vibe right now? Am do I want something, uh, I'm kind of feeling historical today. I want to, uh, to do maybe some studies on that and giving that space for yourself that it's not, it's for you. And then when, oh, I like how that came out. that's uh, You can share that and you can share that, hey, I'm excited how this one came out. Um, and those can be the ones that you put out there and share. I actually did a challenge to myself, uh, I think it was in October. I gave myself a little limit. I was like, I'm gonna sh- share each day I didn't quite get each day because I got sick, Um, but each day I gave myself, it was 30 minutes or an hour uh, because I wanted to practice without doing line work, some watercolor paintings just directly onto a pencil sketch, and so I gave myself a time limit, which which meant I couldn't really clean it up or make it polished, and I had to leave it at that. And I shared those and I shared the process of it as well. The process videos uh, with everyone. It's like some of them I liked. Some of them I thought were very ugly. Um, But that they were unfinished, that they were messy, that some of them I really hated. And I was thinking, I wish I didn't have to share this. And again, I didn't have to, but I told myself the objective was to say it's okay. Because these are for me. And this was a part of me that I I decided I was okay sharing. Um, if you're not at that point, that is perfectly fine and don't share it. But uh, that was just a challenge for myself to get comfortable with kind of fighting against the whole Pinterest perfect uh, look in an artist's life. I was like, it's not that. And some of it's uh, just experimental.
0: Well, I think that's super important. One, I love what you talked about with the artist pages because that's a really eye opening way to just tap into journaling I've done it I didn't do the full um, book but I started doing artist pages a little bit Mm -hmm. last year and when you don't put any expectations on yourself and you're just doing this as an opportunity to express it really allows you to just be free to be totally present to have fun with it and then you really learn a lot about yourself things come onto the pages that you're writing about that you hadn't even really been thinking about and they just start to show up. And I have to imagine it's the same thing with drawing and painting.
1: It is, it very much is.
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's just this beautiful um, reminder of it's not for anybody else, it's for you. So take that pressure away and just allow yourself to be there and have fun with it and be totally present and not think about this, expectation or what other people are going to think because at the end of the day, like when you can start to release that, whether it's through your journaling, your art therapy, it's going to open up this whole new door for you to totally let go of the expectations of others in all facets of your life. It's going to give you this power back to be really confident in yourself and how you show up in the world and open up this new, layer of confidence and belief in oneself that I think is really important. And it's crazy when we start to realize we have access to these things that help us to feel more confident that maybe we never even realized was going to help us to get to this point of where we want to be
1: in our lives. Right. And it all comes back to, again, reconnecting just with yourself yep. because uh, there are amazing things about you that you don't yet know. And so you find them and you're like, Oh, that that's awesome. And uh, like you said, and that translates into how you uh, then interact with the world itself. And the more you get in tune with who you are and uh, what yourself is, that translates to everything.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nadia, I'm curious for you with, as you continue to learn more about yourself, your capabilities and what you can achieve and your belief in oneself, like, what is next for you or what lessons are you continuing to learn and uncover as you continue down this path and you continue to allow yourself to express through art?
1: Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited for what's coming next because I don't quite know what it is, but I'm no longer scared of it. And like I said, I'm now in college learning psychology and it's not, and going into it, I, Growing up, I was always like, okay, going to college kind of means it has to translate to a job or career. And that's not the intention I'm going into it with. It is just for, I want that knowledge. I want more, again, self-awareness of myself. How do I work? How do others work? Um, what do the interactions mean with people? And so I'm working on that to continue that journey and kind of to continue it with more uh, direct help. Um, people who know their stuff and can uh like my therapist did for me uh thus far and now i'm continuing with that and i'm now at a point uh kind of like at this point when i reached out to you i feel like i now have something to share and it's imperfect in itself and it's not a full scope of what all one needs or what all um I am at this point, but it is something for someone who isn't at this point where I was uh, that I think they, I can now share that with them and they can maybe utilize that. And uh, if they can just idea of uh, reflecting and gaining more of an awareness when you maybe think you do, but again, if you kind of keep checking with yourself in real, you'll always realize that you aren't as much as you think you are. I keep finding that over and over again um and so as I also translate creatively and I'm finding I'm doing now my own book projects or just in my recent uh latest book project was uh, a very special one on gratitude and living life with gratitude which is where I'm finding myself lately feeling so grateful again for Carissa for the authors I've met for my family uh for all my loved ones uh for God and where I found myself in this journey even I'm I'm grateful for the concussion it it needed to happen and it helped me be where I am Um, and so I recently did a book called the gift of the gratitude fairy and I love fairies I love kind of mythology fairy tales because again there are a lot of good uh nuggets and uh, and analogies in them that I can now utilize as an adult more so than as a kid And so uh, both of those elements between the gratitude element and then there's a fairy, I was really excited for the project. And so that recently came out in November uh, and was a special project uh, to work on. Uh, And I got to go back to art style in it that I haven't done for the other books, which was also, again, very fun. And so kind of continuing forward as I'm um, continuing with some of my own books, um, the themes I'm exploring are, again, once I want to, some, like my first story I'm working on is one, it's kind of a love letter to my younger self, reflecting on an experience I had where I felt a, a sense of loneliness and one that I did not communicate. And I didn't know I was going to allow to communicate as, again, the responsible older sister who should have it together? I can commun- communicate to my parents that this bothered me, and so this is kind of almost writing that wrong of his- my history uh, in a kind of a whimsical, fanciful way. It, it kind of it takes its own course from there. It kind of pivots from my experience, and then I transform it into uh, what it could have been. Uh, in a fanciful way and so and the themes I keep exploring for my other stories are ones are a lot of these discoveries for myself I hope to and I'm finding not necessarily even in part to the kids Um, I'm making it in a way that's palatable to kids that is uh, familiar and uh, fun for the kids but it's actually targeting a lot for the parents at least in the picture books Uh, again about the communication that each child's going to kind of interpret an experience differently. My brother was not bothered by this experience. Um, my other brother was a baby; he definitely wasn't, but it bothered me. And um, and my parents could have known about it, but to be aware of that you need to make sure there's an open channel for communication with young children um, is something I'm trying to target. Excuse me. I love in that, that. One in particular.
0: Well, I think that that's important is opening up the door and guiding the way and showing other people. And I love that you're having a book about gratitude. I think that's like a topic that, you know, a lot of people maybe say like, oh, I'm so grateful. And it's like when you can actually like help people to slow down and pause and really think about the things that they have in their lives to be grateful for, it is really really an important part of life because it puts things into perspectives when sometimes we can feel like we don't have much or we're frustrated or we're behind but we can actually pause and think about gratitude and express that gratitude that's in a really important part of life
1: Mm -hmm.
0: For, for you um so this has been so wonderful hearing about your journey and your process. My last question that I like to ask is what is the ripple that you want to create?
1: Oh, I love that question. <laughs> uh, well, I guess I kind of answered it in a way. It's kind of uh, through this whole uh, discussion is what I hope people take from this experience or what I've uh, shared in this episode is uh if and if nothing else about reconnecting with yourself and giving yourself uh, room to develop awareness um well and that can come in different forms and so it's going to be unique for each one of you and so again if like you've lost touch with following dreams reconnecting with yourself uh there are ways to pursue it and it can take different forms if there are different ways to do it so, uh, but it requires knowing yourself. And I don't think a lot of us know ourselves well at all. Uh, we, we have so many misconceptions and we'll always, we always will, but you can break them down and keep peeling kind of as if you're an onion, uh, just peeling off the layers and you fewer peeling your misconceptions if you can find truth about yourself. And it's just true you being intimate and open with yourself. And that in itself is scary, much less being open and intimate with other people. But uh, I think it's very, very critical for people to learn that for themselves and be with themselves.
0: I love that. And I think that's so important to know what you're saying. And for people to really think about this. Like, how can you start to reconnect with yourself? What do you feel pulled or called to do and start to tap into that and be open-minded and journey through that and explore and see what comes up and see what you discover. Mm-hmm. Nadia, where can my listeners find
1: you? Um, well, I have a website called Studio.com and kind of you can find all the information there about me. I have a Facebook, Nadia Studio, and then on Instagram, I am Nadia M Studio. Um, So you can kind of find what I'm up to, what I'm talking about, and especially what projects I'm working on uh, at the moment or have done and what's kind of happening with the ones that have already come out.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It's been wonderful to get to hear more of your story and to have you have the opportunity to share it with others. I have no doubt you've created Ripples um, out into the world. And for everybody listening, make sure you go check out Nadia's work that she is up to. And if you have not yet, please make sure to leave a rating and review. This is how we continue to reach more people and bring them into the Creating Ripples community. Until next time, let's go out and start creating ripples.